Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio. You are with Lyle and... Mon. Good morning, Lyle. How are you today? I am great today. Oh, How are yeah? you? Yeah, I'm doing really well as well. The sunshine is coming in the window. It's warming up my feet. I you know it. why the sunshine is coming in the window, right? Why? Because the breakfast show is already over. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> we are. It's the middle of the day now. We're well, heading straight for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's because it's actually the delayed broadcast introduction. It is. Yeah. So, dear listener, if you're hearing this, it's because you're on the delayed show. So, you're listening to yesterday's show. Uh, but don't stress. All the day before. Sometimes the day, yeah, it some, gets a little bit some more delayed. Way back there. If it's not the 4th of July, mm-hmm. Wednesday. And if your American friends are not setting up fireworks. Yeah. It's because you're on the delayed broadcast. But you know what? Don't stress. You can jump across to the live show. And it is very easy to do so. Yes. Simply jump over to faithfm.com.au or use the TuneIn app like the rest of us. Uh, where you get a perfect signal anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's free to download. You can plug it in your aux cord, listen through your Bluetooth in your car. I love just to get my headphones on and listening to it from my phone as I walk along. So, yeah, yeah it's really great. I enjoyed listening to it in the United States via mm-hmm. the TuneIn app. Yeah, and if you're sitting on your laptop right now, you can just go to our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and you can listen to us there. Just press play on the live Okay, so the thing is we've already done the show. Mm. What's coming up? Well, we have a whole bunch of stuff coming up. We had a lot of good news. We had a lot of current news. A story about coming out of the uh, the animal kingdom. We've got some stuff about kids, some stuff about toys. Are you going to talk about Fiona? <laughs> Come on, how can you not talk about Fiona? It's her first birthday. Fiona the hippo. Don't, 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 don't give it away. Don't give it away. No, I'm going to give <laughs> Okay, so Fiona the hippo is coming up and of course we're going to talk about some uh, more serious stories mm-hmm. um, in relationship to um, Archbishop who's probably going to escape jail. Can't believe it. Um, for child related um, sex offence um, issues. And thankfully after that we talked about the second coming of Jesus because listening oh, to stories Bible study like was that awesome. makes you want Jesus to come like it right does. now. It does. So yeah, thankfully we we talked a little bit you know in our Bible study our encounter with God about how He's coming back and we'll be talking more about that in the coming week and uh, which is a great it's such a a hope giving Bible study when you learn about the second coming of Jesus and how and we have a really great be. interview with a friend of yours. Yeah, you, sub- you sprung didn't that even on me. Know about sprung that on me Google <laughs> proper. Suddenly I was like, hang on a second, I know this voice. <laughs> but yeah, great interview. Might have to get her back sometime as well. Yeah. So Abby's somebody who's involved in uh, full-time ministry, doing mm-hmm. great things for God, and we get to hear her story this morning. So we've got all that and more coming up, so stay tuned. We have uh, great music as always, and enjoy the show. Hear the trumpet sound in that morning. 
You know, Mon, that song always makes me feel hungry. <laughs> what? Why? Because, well, <clears throat> it's a little bit like this. When I was studying um, in the United States, the cafeteria used to play this song for breakfast every morning. Oh, really? I mean, this is back in the 1992, 92 just- to 94 I was there. And this was the breakfast the. The, the 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 breakfast song the, the cafeteria song for the for breakfast so now we're playing it on the breakfast show and, and you're I'm, hungry I've just finished breakfast but it's making me hungry again that's hilarious you've so, been essentially brainwashed you realise this right there was a lot of Asian studying in that college and we had uh, rice and gravy most mornings and it just oh. I, I can I can taste it right now that sounds just so just the good. song and I can taste the I can taste the food oh I'm I'm craving savoury super bad yeah, so well, you're I, saying rice and gravy is not helping me right now. Yeah, I was more of a potatoes kind of a person coming. You can add potatoes to that mix. I'd be very happy. Just add some dill and yeah, I'm forget great. the rice. Give me potatoes. We, all the all Aussies were like, yeah, give us and and, the, and particularly the Eastern Europeans were like, yeah, give us potatoes every day. And the Asians were like, no, give us rice every day. And there was this potato rice conflict. <laughs> and uh, rice pretty much won for the most part, I think. Maybe because it's easy. Is it easy? Yeah, I think it's easy to cook. You just shove it in a rice cooker and walk away. Ah, yeah. okay. You don't have to scrub it or peel it or mash it or anything. So, yeah. I'm still a potatoes person. Yeah, like I buy the pre-washed potatoes. It's the one thing that I buy pre-washed. Because you know how you can buy them dirty and they're cheaper? Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah. You know, they're <laughs> really easy to wash, right? No, it's it's a lot of work because it's sand. And sand is like you got to really make sure there's no granules left. Everything else, like I don't buy the pre-wash. Cause, mm-hmm. Especially because one time I bought a bag of that pre-washed salad and I was just eating it out of the bag with a fork and I spewed up a caterpillar. <laughs> and I almost put it in my mouth and saw it at the last second. Uh, for people who grow their own broccoli, that's a daily occurrence. Yeah. And do you remember that time when we were working in Sydney and I was once again, I had gone years without buying a pre-washed bag and then I, I bought a pre-washed bag of lettuce one day, a salad, and just, you know, just to try it. And remember I was eating it in the office next to yours and I think I must have eaten a grub or something because I had a massive allergic reaction and had to go to hospital. Remember I walked into your oh, office and yeah. my face was swollen and red uh-huh. and you thought I was crying, but I was like... I think I'm having an allergic reaction. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I those pre-washed The office bags. was a good thing. The hospital was close by. Yeah, across the street. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you about a new quiz. There's already two clues up on Instagram, would you believe? I've already heard one of these clues. Yeah, and you don't know the answer. You've, I think you've heard two. Did you not hear the first, we say the first no, one? No, I didn't hear the first oh, one. Okay. I my- okay, well, he's a little bit confused. He doesn't know which book it is, so that, that's great for hopefully us. Hopefully I get it from the first clue. If I heard the second one, hopefully I get it from the first one. The second one narrowed it down to three. Yeah, well, the first one is going to make me sound silly because it's got funny names in it. This is a what book am I quiz. Mm. The first clue is... Apphia and Archippus are two of the three people to whom this book is addressed. Oh, I know exactly what book this is. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You should have given me the first clue, not the second one. The second one's harder. (laughs) If you want the second clue and the first clue, I've actually written down those names so you can see how they're spelled on our Instagram. Our Instagram, by the way, is faithfmlive, all lowercase one word, and you can go check out our Insta story just by clicking on our profile picker. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, okay, yeah. so Mon, what's our yeah, I've got some positively news different news this morning? I've got some news Hopefully for you. Hopefully you've got lots this of is, um, I, I have a, a wealth of it, actually. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I have some good news coming out of bad news. So you, you, you've probably heard how Toys R Us are closing down. Mm-hmm. started in the UK. We talked about it a few months ago. Shut down all the stores in the UK. Kids don't know how to play anymore. Yeah, that's it. And now uh, everything in the, in the US and in Australia is all closing down as well, which is super sad because, you know, people are out of jobs. <clears throat> it. it for some reason, when a toy store closes down, it just seems so much sadder than anything else. Um, but 
you know, obviously when it comes to the place closing down, the one thing we all sort of start salivating over is sales. Oh, closing yeah. down sales. Like even I, at the Let age the of 34. begin to circle. <laughs> at the age of 34, I was like, hmm, what toys do I need? <laughs> <laughs> I do not need any toys. Um, so I've purposely not been going, even though I've been thinking to myself, I might get married one day and I might have kids, so I should stock up on Lego, right? <laughs> I had to talk myself out of that. Anyway, someone. Yeah, don't worry about it. We have, we have a, a, a supply big enough for, for our children, our grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren, oh, and more. <laughs> yeah. And half of Sydney. Yeah. Someone, though, is living the sale dream. A mystery shopper has purchased $1 million worth of toys from the closing down Toys R Us sales. And guess why they did it? I have to resell it um, once kids learn how to play again one day. They actually purchased it to donate. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, to, nice. Yeah, it's absolutely. Donated to local uh, local homeless kids, kids in shelters, kids who don't have, um, you know, family, don't have anything. Uh-huh. You know, kids are losing the ability to play. It's funny because, you know, my generation, we were all like all about the toys and we were getting, you know, um, reamed for not being able to go outside and climb a tree anymore. But now it's like we can't even play with Lego anymore. We have to play with a console or something. No, Lego's awesome. Yeah, I, Lego's I grew up awesome. on Lego. I grew up, I grew up outside climbing trees and building forts and yeah. cowboys and Indians and all that kind of rubbish. Yeah. And it was the best. And uh, But, you know, there was rainy days. And so rainy days, it was the big box of Legos came out and you'd just go nuts and yeah, yeah, whatever you felt like. It was the best. I do kind of think it is getting worse and worse. I, I think video, anything video game issues is not... Like, and Meccano, yeah. whatever happened to Meccano? No, I, I don't know. Oh, what see, Meccano predates you. Meccano was Meccano was like Lego, but it was made out of steel and nuts and bolts. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. This That's was this cool. was real. This was the real thing. It this made is, you feel this, like a real grown up. Oh man. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. This is there's a person at the Rayleigh store in um, <clears throat> North Carolina uh, turned up. Uh, well, actually, they were anonymous. They did it over the phone. They purchased $1 million worth of toys and uh, a massive amounts of trucks turned up, a few trucks, and uh, loaded up the trucks and they took them to the local uh, shelter. And uh, can you imagine working in a shelter or, or living in a shelter and suddenly like a whole string of trucks turn up with like toys? A, what are you going to do with all that? It's like Christmas on steroids. <laughs> Where like, are you going to put all of that? I know, right? I'm sure, they, I'm sure they're going to share it around. Um, so, so yeah, but that, that's a happy story coming out of a sad story, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. And then we have another um, another story. This is one. This one's quite <laughs> cute. So there's a 12 year old boy. He started a business cutting grass in his neighbourhood, right? Oh, good on him. Yeah, it's 12 year old. This is how I like to see kids. You know, being industrial, yeah, yeah, going absolutely. outside, you know, being, being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur it, getting some it. sunshine, some fresh air. Get away from the screens. Mm-hmm. Sad thing kid. is, uh, this is taking place in America, and this kid is black. So guess what happened? I have. I hate to think. Yeah, exactly. One of the neighbors called the police because they thought that he was, I don't know, trying to break in or something. Like it's just profiling at its worst. So they called the police, and um, the police came, and uh, and he was like, "I'm just cutting their grass. I, I don't, know, I don't know what else to tell you." And he became so discouraged after the incident that um, the police and the lady whose house it actually was, not not the neighbour, decided to post about this incident on Facebook. And the post actually received thousands and hundreds of views and shares. And guess what happened to this kid? Ah, uh, his business boom. His business is booming. <laughs> he's like just rolling in it. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, just give me a call. I will be there. 
on time. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, now I've got a back catalog of customers to get through. He's got a, a very long waiting list uh, in his neighborhood and, and in the surrounding neighborhoods to have um, to have have your grass cut. How he needs to start? start taking on some employees. He does. He needs to like, yeah, hire some like 11-year-olds. <laughs> Keep them all in check. I'm going to put a picture about that one up on our, on our, on our socials. It's, uh, it's very cute. And guess what else, Lyle? I don't know. He's just full of it. This morning he's just coming many. pouring out. Guess who just... Just turned one. I've I no idea. Fiona the hippo. Isn't oh, she Fiona so cute? Hippo. Yeah, Fiona the hippo is cute. It, but come on, baby hippos will be one of the cutest baby animals there is. Okay, who is Fiona the hippo? I don't know who Fiona the hippo is. She was born you, six You don't know who she is, but she did turn one and she's cute. That's all that matters, right? Well, no, she was famous because she was born six, uh, six weeks premie. Oh, at, okay. At, yeah, at Cincinnati Zoo. And they didn't think that she was going to survive. Um, but they did survive and uh, she did survive. And she's now celebrating her first birthday and she is cute as a button. Absolutely adorable. I'm going to put her little video up on our socials as well. It's, it's funny. It's hard to like believe looking at this picture of this little lump of hippo um, that she is like one of the most dangerous animals in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah one bite <laughs> hippos so only need one bite that's I all know, just one I wonder why they're so dangerous is because like, their teeth are so big they're so punctury and they can open their mouth a long way I mean one bite takes out a big chunk yeah I feel like you it know, takes out half you your look body at, you look at the size of the bite of a hippo compared to the size of the bite of a cheetah yeah but what about like crocodiles and stuff yeah they have a big bite too yeah, I, I don't know. Is I, I feel like I feel like crocodiles are more into hunting you, whereas hippos, I don't feel like they. Yeah, they're feel, just territorial. Yeah, is oh, is that what it is? Uh-huh. They seem so happy in their little yeah. pools of mud, twitching their ears. Crocodiles are just hungry. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, those are some good news stories. You can check out our socials: uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll be putting all those lovely pictures of baby hippos up on there, and you can enjoy them. This is Grego Pillay with Jesus Can and Will. You can study all the philosophies Having all the PhDs You can sleep on a bed that may be comfortable Having dreams that never end You can travel around and say Everything's going my way But there's a longing in your heart That isn't filled can and will fill your life with peace. Never did anyone leave his presence without being changed. For if anyone who's in Christ is a brand new man, so let the light of Jesus shine throughout the They seem to never end And you searched in many places But never found that peace But I know someone who will give you all 
Welcome back. We were listening to Grego Pillay with Jesus Can and Will here on the Faith FM Network. And Mon, do we have a, another clue for our quiz? Yes, indeed. What book am I? Second clue is only two books of the Bible have fewer words than this book, mm-hmm. which makes which means, in other words, it's the third shortest book of the Bible. If you know what book that is, give us a call. If 1-800. you combine that with yeah. the first clue, you should have the answer. Well, I think it's there's only 66 books in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. I think you could have flicked through them by now to find out the, who they are addressed to. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. It's 1-800-324-843. Give us a call. We will send you the prize if you can tell us correctly what book that is. Okay, Mon, did you know that down in Tasmania, the promised land? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best place in Australia. Come on. All right. So down in Tasmania back in uh, December last year, they closed their only abortion clinic. Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea. Um, due to lack of demand. That's good. That's got to be a very positive thing. Yeah. Um, However, what that has done is it has forced uh, women who want to have an elective abortion to uh, travel to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a bit of backlash Mm -hmm. uh, from the community. And so now they are considering uh, planning, actually planning to open one, looking for people, um, uh, businesses who would open one in Hobart. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, those in the north, because Tasmania is famously divided between the north and the south, is saying, well, it's cheaper for us to go to Melbourne still than Hobart. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> only, only in Tasmania do you get this kind of thing. Uh, all the Tasmanians know what I'm talking about. But um, um, so they are planning to reopen it, which is a bit, which, which is a bit sad. I think that's a, a definitely a step backwards. But along with that, and I think this was very interesting, the health minister is increasing funding for the Pregnancy Counselling and Support Tasmania uh, program, which is pro-life. Oh, okay. So this is this is a this is a uh, um, an institution that is that is there to encourage women to choose life mm-hmm. um, rather than taking the life of their child because of you know to to to, uh, to to make a child pay the ultimate price, the ultimate price just for your irresponsibility mm-hmm. and to commit murder because you were irresponsible mm-hmm. is a, is a really terrible thing. Yeah, it is. And of course this has uh, you know the left side of Tasmanian politics completely up in arms mm-hmm. because like oh this just shows his ideology and etc etc etc. And I just say well if it does good. Mm-hmm. I support that ideology. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know when the Bible says that an unborn child can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, from the moment of conception, the Bible says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is not after, you know, this trimester or that trimester or this many weeks or so many weeks. No, this is from conception. This is from when two cells join together. If that is a being that can be filled with the Holy Spirit, that is a person. Mm-hmm. That is a life. Who are we to decide when uh, we can murder a defenseless baby? You know, we get all upset when there's a school shooting. Yeah. You know, and there's like, oh, maybe, um, and and school shootings are terrible, but I think the last big one was I think 17 students died, and it's horrific. Yeah. But there's nothing compared to the millions and millions of babies that are put to death, you know, every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, that's um, on that same on that same uh, on that same uh, story. We've got uh, Donald Trump, um, who you've got uh, the, the Chief Justice Anthony Kennedy, um, who is uh, withdrawing from the Supreme Court, and 
Donald Trump is considering putting in a Supreme Court judge who would be pro-life. Oh, really? Which means that uh, Wade, uh, Roe versus Wade could be reversed in mm-hmm. relationship to abortion in the United States. I wouldn't uh, personally. I don't see it happening anything time soon. I think that would create a tremendous uh, controversy, mm-hmm. but uh, it would definitely be a step in the right direction if that do- did take place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's one story. Um, I got a f- I got a few different stories here. Um, <clears throat> this one's an- another serious one as well, um, Adelaide. Um, Archbishop Philip Wilson, who was found guilty um, on child sex charges, mm-hmm. looks like he will escape, escape prison time. No. How? This is the highest level uh, Roman Catholic and, it, and it, made, it made headlines around the world. I mean, when I was in the United States, people over there knew about this because this was the highest level Roman Catholic ever to be um, implicated and in this case, found guilty, charged and found guilty of um, child-related uh, offence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, now the magistrate has given two reasons. Reason number one is Wilson's, um, um, Wilson's main motive had been to protect the church. How, how does... Reason number two, he is a senior figure in one of the most respected institutions in our society. And so he should be allowed to um, ha- uh, fulfil his prison sentence at home and escape prison time. That's absolutely disgusting. I'm so angry about that. First of all, how is protecting the church fiddling with children? How does well, he wasn't barrier? actually fiddling with children. He was covering up another priest, uh, the not- notorious James Fletcher. But that's how is that protecting the church? Your church well, is about it, the people that are in it, And right? how does that make it one of the most respected institutions yeah, in our society? Zero percent respect you know, for his, him or, or his institute. And, and, and all it does is that it lowers the perception of the public in relationship to churches mm-hmm. because now they're, you know, okay, in the past churches have been respected and because of the child sex abuse scandals that have rocked our country, churches have lost a lot of that respect, and they're just losing more. more yeah. When you know this archbishop, this very very senior cleric, is let off the hook, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, with a home detention. I mean, what's all that about? You know, when people, what kind of a message is that sending out to the community? When people say Catholic Church these days, I literally just think, oh yeah, Catholic Church. It's like a safe haven for pedophiles. It's just a front. And, and and this is and this is only going to exacerbate that problem. This mm-hmm. this is something that I believe should be opposed by the Catholic Church mm-hmm. because they they should be wanting to clear their name. Exactly, they should be showing this their 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 by taking a tough stance. Yeah, on this. the congregation that they're on their side. Yeah. and and anyone who commits those kinds of kind of crimes, they should be like first in line to say, do you know what this guy, this guy, this guy, take them away. We don't want them in our congregation whatsoever. We want to protect our church instead of being like, oh, actually, do you know what? Stuff the congregation, stuff their children. Let's just protect them and keep them in, in our church forever. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping to have an interview soon with um, AdSafe, who is um, in charge of child protection in the Adventist Church, and ask mm-hmm. some of these hard questions. Yeah. About our church and what we're actually doing, because you know all churches need to be being very proactive here oh, and absolutely. drawing a very clear line in the sand and 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 showing absolutely zero tolerance mm. towards um, child related um, offenses. Yeah, this is you know both of these stories are really talking about the most vulnerable people in our community, mm-hmm. our children, and the people that should be getting the most amount of uh, you know. 
Protection. Protection. Yeah. Protection. Mm-hmm. And it seems that we just keep sending out the wrong message every single time. When are we ever going to learn? I'm, I am interested to know, you know, how our church and how other churches are dealing with it. Because, like, to be honest, if I think about if my church was as that embroiled in that kind of a thing as the Catholic Church, I'd want to leave. Like it would, it would be incentive for me to be doing. Do you know what? Not this one. I don't want to be involved in this one. And the big question is that you know, with all of these organisations that are now being set up within churches, are these organisations being set up to protect children or protect the church? You know, yeah. This is the question that I want to ask. I want to ask it of my church. I want to ask it of other churches. And we need to find out. You know, are, are we just are we just covering our own butts here, or is this? Um, is this something that is actually, you know, we're, we're really being proactive about protecting children. Mm. I know that, you know, right here in this conference we have Darren Pratt and he's very passionate about protecting children mm-hmm. and, uh, and I really appreciate that about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, those are some questions that we need to ask. And uh, finally, uh, very quickly, of course, we've got rid of plastic bags out of supermarkets. Yes. And replaced them with heavier plastic bags. Yep. So they're still plastic bags. Yep. And they only cost 15 cents. And really, how much is 15 cents? Well, if you keep buying them every time. Still not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the supermarkets are set to make $7 million profit out of selling those plastic yeah. bags and save $170 million by not providing the other plastic bags. Yeah, this is uh, this is something we discussed while you were gone. Oh, you did? Yeah, and, and we looked at the fact that this was likely going to happen, that the, the, the supermarkets were making a massive profit off selling these bags, which are a heavier plastic and which contain toxic inks, and they take way longer to break down than the, than the single-use plastic bags. So are we really solving the problem? We didn't. Uh, our world is full of problems. Our world is growing old like a garment, the Bible says, and it will soon pass away. And I am looking forward mm-hmm. to that day when Jesus returns in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, brings it all to an end, incinerates the whole place and starts over again, recreates it. I want to watch our world being recreated. Amen. I'm looking forward to that perfect day. This is Gungor with Please Be My Strength. Stand my ground, I've tried to understand, but I can't seem to find my faith again. Like water on the sand, or grasping at the wind, I keep on falling short. So please be my strength, please be my strength, cause I don't have any
that I can't say I fought the good fight of faith I pray your glory shine In this doubting heart of mine And all would know that you was Gungor with Please Be My Strength here on Faith FM. And Mon, before we get to our interview, have you got another clue for our quiz? I do. What book am I? The third clue. Oh, wait. Have we done the second clue? Yeah, we did do the second we clue. We did. The third clue is a quote from this book of the Bible. And it is, if he has done you wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Mm. Mm. wonder who the me is. I know who the me is. Yeah. Do you? I do. Mm, I wonder if I could charge a few things to them. <laughs> I'm wondering whether he actually had the money to pay that, but anyway, <laughs> he obviously did, else he wouldn't have said so. If you think you know the answer, give us a call. Tell us what book of the Bible that is, and we will send you the prize. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. Well, we have a very special guest joining us today, somebody who is uh, in ministry, and Abby, welcome to the show. Hey, Lyle. Hey, Mon. Thanks for having me on. Abby, you didn't tell me you were bringing Abby on the show. Look <laughs> <laughs> at smile. Oh, hi, Abby. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I didn't know you were coming on the show. But by the way, listeners, Abby's like one of my best mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought I'll just do something sneaky here and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just get Mon's best friend on the show and do an interview. Surprise. And so I just, I just sat here in front of Mon and called Abby and had a bit of a conversation while the song was playing. And I'm and on Instagram Mon was, oblivious. Mon was completely oblivious to the fact that um, I was talking to Abby. But anyway, Abby. I was wondering why. No, I was wondering why, um, yeah, I hadn't heard from Mon. But anyway, that's fine. No. <laughs> Makes sense now, sneaky, sneaky Lyle. Hey, Abby, we want to hear your story. Um, now, your story, I understand, begins in Melbourne. Is that right? Yes, I am a Melbourne girl through and through. Probably why Mon loves me so much. Yeah, I'm actually um, a bit annoyed now yeah. because, Abby, I had you on my short list of guest interviews to call in one day and now Lyle's just stolen <laughs> you from under my nose. Yeah, anyway. Alas. <laughs> but, yes, I am from Melbourne. Uh, my family is actually originally from Chile, South America. But, yeah, they came over in the 70s and, you know, a decade or so later, um, yeah, that my mom and my dad met, ha- had me. And, yeah, I basically grew up uh, in a Christian kind of context. I actually grew up with my grandparents. Uh, so I grew up kind of knowing about God. I was a bit of a nerd, like a Bible nerd when I was mm-hmm. little. Now, just, just um, to, when you say Christian kind of context, when we think of South America, we typically think uh, Roman Catholic. Would that be the case? Um, no, actually, um, thank God for radio ministry. My grandfather, like, I don't know, I think it was probably in the 70s, he came to hear about uh, 
different Bible truths on the radio, um, voice of prophecy equivalent in Chile. Um, so he actually became a Seventh-day Adventist, but they were originally Roman Catholic. But sure. no, they yeah, came to know more about the Bible because they never really you know, read the Bible before that. Um, but yeah, no, there were Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Um, so yeah, I grew up with them, uh, going to a Spanish church over in Melbourne. I, yeah, just lived So which with, was your first language yeah. then? Uh, I guess Spanish, but I don't know. I, I'm just sort I of thinking, of, growing up with your grandparents, up. they would have, um, they would have <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming they spoke Spanish at home and they definitely would have, if you went to a Spanish church, they definitely would have spoken Spanish there. Yeah, my Spanish is pretty decent, all right? I don't, I like to talk fast, so I always prefer English, but yeah, I guess Spanish as well. Mm. Um, but it's because I basically grew up with my neighbours who were like as Aussie as Aussie can be. So I kind of have that weird like Aussie kind of influence from them. Um, but as far as, yeah, living with family, yeah, it's mainly Spanish. Can I ask why you grew up with your grandparents? Okay, so basically when I was around five years old, my parents got divorced. Um, so my mum pretty much had the whole responsibility of looking after my brother and myself. Like my mum is a legend. I have so much respect for her and all single parents out there, um, mums mm, and dads mm. who are raising their kids, you know, having to work and look after them um, pretty much all on their own. Yep, um, we have so a, lot, a lot of listeners fit into that category and you're all legends today. Mm. Abby has told you and uh, we concur. Yeah, praise God for you. And my friends, God provides. Sorry, I have to say this. Um, you know, now as an adult uh, trying to like get all my finances in order, I don't know how my mum provided for my brother and I because I know – that my dad didn't really um, pay that much child support. So the, giving us a private education and Adventist schooling, um, just all the blessings that she gave to us, we never needed anything. Now as an adult, I'm like, Mom, how did you provide not only for yourself but for me and my brother on your income? And she's like, Abby, honestly, it's just God. God is the only mm, answer. Mm, God is the mm. only way that we got through. So it's just amazing, um, yeah, how God, single parents, God is there with you and helping you not only in your life but with your kids, even when you feel alone, especially when you feel alone, know that God is with you and he's going to get you through. Amen. As a young person going through those hard times, did you recognize the hand of God in providing for you or is it just sort of like, um, you know, your average kid that sort of seems to be oblivious? I, I can remember being oblivious mm, to um, that kind of st stuff when uh -huh. I was a kid. Well, actually, that was a part of my journey because um, growing up, like I said, I started off as kind of a Bible nerd, but then as time went on, I kind of drifted away as a probably like 13, 14, 15-year-old. I was pretty much atheist because I didn't understand why, you know, if God is love, why did he allow my mum to go through, you know, there was domestic violence involved with my dad um, when we were younger. And I just saw my mum not being her happiest self. She also went away from the faith. And yeah, around the age of, by the age of 15, I was pretty much atheist and I didn't believe in God at all. You know, wow. I didn't understand that people have choice. I didn't understand that Satan was at work in trying to divide families. I didn't understand that it wasn't God's fault, you mm -hmm. know, that bad mm -hmm. things happened in this world. Um, so no, I was pretty much oblivious at that stage to God. And um, what changed? I just, well, you know, it's really interesting. Um, when I was around 17, 18, 
a couple of things. First of all, I started um, working at a childcare centre um, with a whole bunch of kids. And I don't know, I think for some reason, I think that really affected my attitude because before that I kind of thought, well, life is kind of pointless because even though, you know, we never needed anything, I just kind of felt like, what's the meaning of life? You know, I have my education, you know, we're blessed, you know, in other countries, people don't have anything, Mm -hmm. but I'm blessed with an education. I'm blessed with a family that loves me. I'm blessed, you know, we go on holidays every year, like my mom provides everything, but there's still kind of, there was this emptiness there. And I'm like, it just doesn't make sense that this emptiness, this kind of pointless feeling is there. And as time went on, I just realized I didn't realize God's hand in my life, as you said. And one day I just, I looked back and I looked at one of my best friends that I'd had growing up since I was like four or five years old. And I looked at her life and I looked at my life. And that's when I started to realize, you know, she grew up with everything, you know, happy mom and dad home, you know, they didn't have the financial issues that maybe my mom may have had. Um, And as I just compared our lives, I just really saw the hand of God in my life protecting me because, you know, when statistically someone with my background, you know, from, you know, um, domestic violence background, single parent, all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. I should have killed myself, um, you know, in class, in, in class we were studying in high school. I should be like either an alcoholic or abusing drugs or I should have probably, yeah, commit suicide. And I had chosen not to do any of those things. And I really realized that my grandmother's prayers, so again, grandmothers out there who pray for your mm, children, mm, I just mm. really saw her hand at work when, like, my best friend who had everything, and this actually happened with a couple of my best friends, they just didn't have that Bible belief in Jesus. They didn't, or either that or brought up atheist. I see them turning to drugs. I see them turn like smoking at like 11 years old i see them pretty much not realizing their value their intrinsic worth because they have a god a heavenly father who loves them and i just realized how god was really in my life protecting me and guiding me and yeah i just yeah really had my eyes open to Mm. his hand in my life what did you what did you what did you do about it as a result of that okay um first of all um when i was almost 18 I rocked up to my local um, Seventh-day Adventist church. I was living with my mom at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just walked to my local church and I just told the minister there that I wanted to be baptized. But I have to say before that, I didn't want to, because I was brought up Adventist, I guess I'm a little bit of a rebel. I didn't want to just follow what I was brought up with. You know, I really yeah, you've always to been a rebel, Abby. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, you know. But um, I really, you know, I didn't, I think for all of us, and I know that you guys do this as well, we can't just follow things because we were brought up with them just because we were brought up in a certain, you know, church or yeah, different absolutely. faith tradition. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, just because I was brought up Christian doesn't mean I have to believe this. So I started looking into like Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, you know, and to me, as I studied these different areas, the the worldview that made the most sense to me was Christianity mm-hmm. um, for me personally. And yeah, as I went on, I'm like, all right, well, which Christian denomination is the right one? And I just started reading the Bible and reading the Bible. And as I did, um, yeah, really to me, the Seventh-day Adventist truth seemed like the one, yeah, the truth that was closest to the Bible. And to this day, it still is. If I find another religion that's closer i will join it but couldn't agree more i love <laughs> i just love the bible truth why aim for less than, than than what's closest to uh to what the bible says mm. you're never going to find a perfect yeah. one but you've got to go with what what's the what's the closest 
I know. And when people say the truth doesn't matter to me, I'm just like, well, you know what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's you know, right. John 8, 32, yeah. it says right there, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So, God is looking for people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And to me, the truth was important. So, I studied mm. them out. And then, uh, after I studied, which took probably a year or so, um, then, yeah, I just decided to go to my local Adventist church and just ask the pastor to be baptized. So, I did that, but that was just the beginning. Oh, know, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> just the beginning. We, we have... We have three minutes left for you to share with us the rest of that adventure. God has called you into uh, into ministry. Tell us about that journey. All right. Look, all I knew from when I was 18, I got baptized. I love Jesus. He changed my life. He, You know, where I had hate, he gave me love, you know, mm. love for people. Um, where I had just a meaningless life, he brought meaning into my life. He gave me friends that supported me and encouraged me in Jesus. And I just wanted to share how beautiful Jesus is to me with others. So I started with like a Bible study group in my local church. Then I wanted to go out and go door knocking and share Jesus with people in my community. I did Bible work for many years where I was blessed to meet you guys. Um, That was just such a blessing to go out and just to share Jesus with people around me. You know, some of the people that I met actually back in 2009, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, they actually just got baptized last year. You know, we've got to keep working with people, keep discipling, keep growing them. Um, but yeah, um, probably in like 2010, I felt strongly and undeniably the call to pastoral ministry. So for the last few years, yeah, I went over to Andrews University, which is a university, Adventist university in Michigan. Went over there and yeah, I've been a pastor since 2015, which is a blessing to me. Fantastic. So what's it like... Uh What's it like being in ministry? What kind of experiences have you had in been been in ministry? Uh, you know, we, we hear that uh, pastoral work can be one of the most challenging jobs that there is. Um, what's your experience been like? All right. Um, yes, it definitely has been challenging. But for me, um, I just want to share oh, two people quickly with you. Mm-hmm. All right. I door knocked on one lady's door, and you know, sometimes when we go door knocking, it's it's a bit of a burden. You know, we don't really want to do it. Sometimes we get abused. But this lady, she seemed really open and she just accepted Jesus. She said she'd been praying. Literally, I found out months later, she'd been praying um, just less than five minutes before, God, I need you to send someone to my door. I can't do this. She was about to go back to a life of drugs and all these bad things. She's like, God, I need your help. Send someone to my door right now because I'm about to go back to that life. But I know I need to be there for my kids. If you're real, send someone to my door right now yep. and less than five minutes later I knock on her door she ended up finding out the different Bible truths um, yeah and just learning and growing in her experience with Jesus turning over her life and right now she's she and her family are just in a so much better place she actually works for ADRA which is the Adventist Development and Relief Agency mm-hmm. and she's being a blessing to her community so that to me Amen. all the tough times in ministry it just who cares, you know, like we're here to share Jesus, to disciple and grow other people in Jesus, and that's what it's about. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, can you share the last one, the last story in about 30 yes. seconds? No, definitely. All right, I'll try 30 seconds. Um, there's one person at the moment that I'm studying with right now. Um, he is, I think, uh, yeah, he's some other denomination, but he's a beautiful Christian person. But just being able to see him grow, um, he really struggled with believing in God because of hell, this idea that a loving God would burn someone in hell for all eternity. And he was pretty much turning his, starting to turn his back on God. 
But because of, you know, studying the Bible, now he basically is studying, yeah, he loves God. He's the most beautiful Christian person because he sees what the Bible says about hell and what happens when we die, that a loving God would never, you know, actually torture people in hell for all eternity. So to me, to see people come from a place of hopelessness, of drugs, of whatever, and just to see God use them as a blessing to the community, that's amazing. To see people who have maybe misunderstood the Bible, to come to see how amazing God's Word is when we study it in context. Like, He cries in the corner where nobody sees He's the kid with the story no one would believe He prays every night Dear God, won't you please Could you send someone here who will love me?
Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. What's keeping you up at night? Your family? Your friends? Maybe your future? This weekend, Hamilton Adventist Church is hosting presentations on hot topics of climate change, the economy, and living a purpose-filled life. And we want you to join us in sharing your thoughts through roundtable discussion. Discover hope right here at Hamilton Adventist Church beginning 7pm Friday, July 6. For more info, call 0466-693-095 or visit discoverhopeseries.com. See you there. I am dwelling on a mountain where the golden sunlight gleams in a land whose wondrous beauty far exceeds my fondest dreams. Is not this the land of Beulah? Blessed, blessed land of light Where the flowers bloom forever And the sun is always bright I am drinking at the fountain Where I ever would abide For I've taken For life's treasures Nor adorning rich and gay For I've found a richer treasure One that fadeth not away For I've found a richer treasure Faith FM, positively different radio.